Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, kids, happy Monday to you. Look, look, look who's here. He just, I mean, he could have left. He had every opportunity. The door was wide open, but he chose to sit in that chair and not move. Um, what are you doing? What's up? What's going on? What's, what's shaking? You know, today is uh, Calgary Gets Connor Bedard Day. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh, it's, it's actually a rather simple solution. I mean, they just have to move from 16 yeah. to 6 and then hope that five teams... Trade up something? No, no. Hope five sure. teams just go in different directions. Yeah, pass. Pass. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, like, like I th- last year, right? Uh, yeah. The projected number one fell. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought Treliving made a horrible mistake. So what if you, dude? You could have won the draft. You could have won the draft right before lottery. you get Bedard. You quit. Yeah. What a silly goose. Oh my gosh! It just seems like you're going at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, well, happy lottery day. Right? Happy lottery day to you. Um, are you gonna watch tonight? No. No. You know what? Yes, because and I, I was talking to the other guys. People complain about the all-star game and outdoor games and all this. This is truly the worst one of them all, right? Because you have a broadcaster and then ex-players and executive that don't want to be there. They don't want to oh, be Oh, no, this is there. other duties as required. It is horrible, horrible right. television. And because of that, I, I must watch, I guess, just to... Well, of course. Why they're yeah. putting in the effort? At least we can do is watch. Yeah. No, it's it. Do you agree? Like it's the worst. Um. In in terms of a, I don't know. Um, these generational player ones are interesting. Like I hated. The, I mean, I hated the outcome of the McDavid one, but the McDavid one was must watch, yeah. right? I like the one. Was it last year or two years ago when Jim Nill was on there and I'm uh, picking seventeenth, the Dallas Stars. Eh. You can see him like click off his <laughs> yeah. webcam. He's all pissed yeah. off. So yeah, screw I, it. Click. yeah. But I like that. Yeah, right. Give me that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not that. Well, we are that far removed. I mean, we're both old enough to remember uh, Easy. Crosby, Steady. right? I remember and that. Brian one. Burke. Yeah, that day. You'll like this one yeah. because uh, I was in Winnipeg mm-hmm. at my soon-to-be sister-in-law. Well, no, I guess she was already my sister-in-law. Anyway, her wedding, mm-hmm. and we were in one of the rooms. And everyone's getting dressed and all that. Sure. Games. And it was pick number four or number three. And my mother-in-law's like, okay, uh, let's, can, let, let, let's go. We don't need to watch. Do you have to watch this right to the end? <laughs> yeah. Well, here, no. See, here's the thing about the, a lot of sporting events. And this one in particular, this one only gets really interesting at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, I left before I even knew. Yeah. And back then, it's not like you just had a. I'll just call up my phone. You had some StarTac trying to T9 yeah. people. And yeah. 
but uh, well, you remember like because uh, Bruce was Dobingen was in here a couple weeks ago, and him and his uh, his kid Evan wrote a book yeah. about the drafts, the different ones. And I thought it was interesting that they started with seventy one, where the where uh, um, the Montreal Canadiens acquired Gila, uh, the pick for Gila Fleur from uh, Oakland or uh, California, and that franchise went away. And then they finished, the last draft they looked at was the Crosby draft, which Pittsburgh won. And you will remember, and I don't think a lot of people do remember, it was touch and go. Sure it was. Which is why some people thought the fix was in. Right. That this team's going to leave. Mario is... Yes, waning, and they're going to have to lose this. Jim Ball silly. He's yeah. going to get a BlackBerry, and no, where did he do the BlackBerry logo? I don't know. Remember, he showed the logo. Was that yeah. was that Nashville or Pittsburgh? It might have been Nashville, right? Yeah. Remember when he was a thing? Oh yeah. Well, you see, there's a movie out about it, a BlackBerry movie. Anyway, but you you think yeah. about what that means for tonight. Like that's the thing. There's the TV product and the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's whatever. But this is a massive day for some. You look at Pittsburgh and even Edmonton, new rink, jersey sales, cups, the whole nine yards. Wow, some franchise and- is going to have the biggest booster cables. Well, and that, that all due can. respect to our good friend uh, Gav, who's, who's you know hosting the show. Like mm-hmm. last week or whenever, well, I guess it was two weeks ago that the Oilers on the Friday put out the well, we really appreciate Calgary and there. We hope that the province right, will. Yeah. Shut up. You got McDavid. There's nothing the government can give you that will ever be as good as that. You have Ice District, you have a rink, and you have McDavid. Bugger off. Yes, given the Flames would (laughs) gladly take Bedard over a rink deal. There have been times when the disparity has been big. Doesn't it feel really big right now? Even oh, though the Flames yeah. just kind of missed the playoffs and they won a round last year. And all well, that. McDavid might not even be the best player in the world right now. The GM, I'm out. Yeah. Coach, fired. Yeah. Team, no playoffs. It, I know. It feels like. And yeah. that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I think you guys were talking about it. Exactly how good is, uh, is Leon Dreisaitl right now? Is he the best player in hockey today? No, no, I, I'm not saying, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, we know what McDavid is. We know what McDavid is, but my God. He's the most highly skilled player, yeah. McDavid, but it's amazing what Dreisaitl is doing, and you keep waiting for him to tail regression, yeah. right? Right. And he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring and the goals he's they're not backdoor tap-ins they're one time no yeah 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 yeah. it's legit it's It's all legit it's the power play but still that's that's part of the game it's (laughs) amazing right the power plays last time i checked still part of the game yeah it's amazing and i i don't know you you wonder about still parts of their game but man even if that power play cools to what 30 percent it's over 50 percent right now (laughs) It'll just be how many opportunities do they get would be the... Well, that's what you're going to venture into, right? Like you're going to get so scrutinized on a a power play or a penalty call against or for the Oilers, right? Yeah. That, well, they got a 50% chance of scoring here. Should they really have called that? You know, I I hate this time of year because we get into all these, you know, nonsensical, you know, questions and um, the dumbest thing I... Right? Like it's just a game. The dumbest thing I've heard was some guy on Elliot Friedman's podcast suggesting that maybe there should be a rule change because Ryan O'Reilly doesn't wear a visor and got cut. And if he had a visor, it wouldn't be a penalty. penalty. So maybe we should look. That's how stupid things get right now. Summit. 
Time for a summit. Time for a summit. Hey, we like need to- tomorrow night, you know, Florida wins four nothing. Toronto goes yeah. in the sweep. Time for a summit, everybody. We better yeah. get everybody together. This grandfathering of no visors, it's ruined the game. <laughs> I can't even enjoy the game anymore with these non-visor-wearing thugs out there. Okay. Yeah. Which was a better visual for you this weekend? Uh, Vander Kane and the... and Do we call her a Karen? Because that's what the internet world seems to be calling her a random Karen or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. Is it that one? Or is it uh, Jokic yesterday and the owner of the uh, of the Suns yeah, goes flying, both. eh? The woman's behind glass with the cane one, but she is giving double, double number ones, double birds, and he's blowing the kiss, which is pure. It's really great villain. Oh, it's a very great villain. It's very good. Yeah. And on the other side, it's the owner who is taking the dive. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I respect it. It's like this. We have you have to suspend this guy. Did you see him shove me? Did you see what? I went flying. I'm the owner. <laughs> you can't do that yeah. to me. Do you know who I am? Yeah. And, and I think you would have. I have to think there's part of it. I was like, that was pretty good. Like, that's in, <laughs> it's kind of in good fun, but I, he probably didn't really think it all through. It's a spur of the moment. Where's kind the of equivalent? Like, there's no equivalent to that, is there? In, in pro sport. There's Vince McMahon. Getting power bombed through a table. Yeah, that's like the that. only thing I the can think of. The owner is getting because yeah. there is there's nothing going to happen in hockey. No, no, right? Yeah. The only thing that could have happened, God bless him, and he's not here to defend himself. But as if Ken King ever got, you know, had the dummy dummy thing in Philadelphia where he was banging on the glass in the penalty box and the glass gave way and he <laughs> fell in. Yeah. That that's the only thing I can think of. So yeah. there's nothing in hockey. There's nothing in football. There's nothing in baseball. But here, the owners like it. it the best would be if he came with a neck brace, right? The next game. It would be very good. Very Paul Heyman. Up, yeah. Yes, show up with the, oh my gosh. Yeah, it would be very oh good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the torts versus Hartley in the back alley there was, uh, that was pretty good. Different. Oh no, that's owner. great. That was some behind the curtain. But if you had, but, if, if you had like Aquilini in there or somebody or Murray, you know, and all of a sudden Murray goes flying, yeah. right? You know, did you see what happened? Owner down, owner down. It was it, it just great visuals. Like it, it's that time of year, right? You get these great visuals. Yeah. Did you, Are you enjoying the playoffs? Uh, yeah. Hockey? I, I, cause I won't pretend to tell you I've been watching any yeah, basketball. I, um, yeah. I, it, as you get older, I think. Things become very routine. First round's awesome. Second round, it's almost like, uh, you know, there's this relaxation and, and all, well, you know what? We're going to win big. Now we're going to win big, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, the Toronto thing is, you know, again, something that seems, you know, pretty routine. <laughs> Expecting that. Uh, you know, you look at that series and, and the Panthers winning there. I, you guys had an interesting conversation today about one of the uh, mainstays on the roster of the Panthers Mr. Bennett was it today or was it on that was the last week. oh was it yeah, okay but it was um that's that's Sam Bennett and I, I maybe you don't get him here maybe it just wasn't going to happen and should he have gone to the American League and could it could you work things out but you talk again happy to be the villain playing his role he is playing center which he never really got a lot of time at here no. but no but it's tough when the highest draft pick in franchise history pans out and, and again 
Yeah. Being that high, that's not, he's not a third overall. I think that you would have expected more for a pick that high, but when he seems to meet his potential elsewhere and you really didn't get much in return, even though the return was probably what we thought at the time, pretty good. Well, the return was more than anybody expected. I just, the the whole thing, it's, it's hard now when you see what Kachuk is doing. That's the one that's hard for me. Bennett. And you wonder what if, what if Monaghan doesn't run into all these injuries and is still a 30 goal guy? Because for a while we marveled at his shot. Sure. His hands in tight were some of the best in the league. And then Goudreau, and you just keep going down the line. That's the the hard one to watch to me is, is Kachuk. That was this playoff Kachuk is not last year's playoff Kachuk, right? And I, and I think you go back to Edmonton and go back to Kane and Kane just lived in his head rent free. Yeah. And this Kachuk, this is, this is the best, possibly going to end up being the best drafted player by the Calgary Flames of all time. Now, I'm not saying the best player, but I'm saying the best drafted player because Iginlin and Lanny were not drafted by Calgary, yeah, yeah. right? And this guy is a superstar. Like he's Chris Chucko would like a word. He would, would he? His brain, Kachuk, is it's at another level because you know he's not a he's not a good skater. Mm-hmm. But you never see him laboring to get into the rush. He moves the puck when he needs to. Everything is done, and and he's got great skill. That's not his hands. I remember when we would have Brian Burke on the old show. Yep. He's, when when the puck is in our zone and it needs to get out, Matthew gets the puck out. There's no turnover at the top of the circles. There's no trying to skate it out through three guys and turn it over. It's smart plays. And there's maturity and there's just getting smarter and more comfortable. And maybe that playoff series, the disappointment, I'm sure he felt it too mm-hmm. on a per, obviously team level, but on a personal level. Yep. Yeah, he's he's the heartbeat. And then all of a sudden, Bobrovsky from the ashes, you could have... You could never have expected well, that. Well, no, you were you case. were one of the guys talking about what a great story Lion was, right? And he was. Like, without him, they don't get to the playoffs. It wasn't yeah. Bobrovsky that got them there, yeah. right? But now, all of a sudden, he's decided, you know what, $10 million, I should play for, up to that. Yeah. Right? It's I just, just didn't know he was capable of it. Well, he's capable Goodness. of it. You knew he's capable of but it. But it's been, when's the last time? It was years, really, since we've seen him put up any kind of numbers. But Two I, or three. Two know. or three. I mean, Spencer Knight came... Was it last year Spencer Knight kind of arrived on the scene? Yeah, and I wonder too how much when when you are overpaid, mm-hmm. when your workload is lessened and you you're not looking... You should talk to me about this because I know all about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when your workload is lessened and you're not really looking for it to be less... It's probably very difficult. And then the door opens a crack. Now, you got to be that guy, and I don't know that I would have picked Bobrovsky, but you kick that in and it's my time again. Mm-hmm. He must feel so good. It'd be great for any player to be for, for six in a row or whatever it is now to be performing at that high of a level, mm-hmm. but for him to be, you thought I was done? Mm-hmm. You thought I was done? Mm-hmm. Get a load of me. Mm-hmm. And now he's the, the toast of the town. I wonder about playing down there. I wonder what that experience is like. You know, uh, the third period yesterday, the guy breaks in on Wall, and, you know, give Wall credit. I mean, stepped into the breach. I thought he was fine. And all of a sudden tries to go between the legs. I'm like, well, why is K- oh, there's Kachuk. And it, so it wasn't, it was Bennett. Yeah. Now Bennett's doing that stuff. And like you say, uh, Bobrovsky rises from the ashes. Like, there's an advantage to playing. I mean, nobody comes to watch him during the regular season. Nobody cares once they are gone. But right now, yeah. life is good in South Florida. How And for Kachuk, as Flames fans probably hate to hear it, everything worked out for him. 
I oh yeah, 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 I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I'm gonna. I guess I'm a villain in Calgary, but I, I just am not going to want to sign there long term. Yeah. And players, if you're of a certain skill level, you can kind of call your shots. We, Adam Fox did it. There's another guy. Throw that guy into the mix. What if he's a flame? Well, I said that, and I don't know. Are you familiar with the social media people? They're interesting mm. because I said, just what's the conversation if if we're having about Brad Trail leaving's legacy if Adam Fox is with the Flames and nominating Norris, Norris trophies flame, and stuff yeah. like that. And of course the internet people told me that everybody knew he wouldn't come here. So it, you know, we couldn't have any fun with that. Um, yes. but you drafted him. Nobody else drafted him, right? Everybody else had a crack at him. Everybody they all passed. So you're saying that there's, you know what, in that draft, particular draft, you, you regret not taking Adam Fox a Norris Trophy winner because you got a kid just on the cusp in Syracuse that might break through. Everybody had a chance yeah. at him. I think maybe a year or two after the draft, you could argue that yeah, sure. he's, he's not interested in coming. But when he was 18 or whatever he would have been at that time, sure, I'm not sure he was at a I, skill level where he could say, ah, Canada, not for me. See, Ryan Pike's coming on, and I brought this up with him last week, and he, I don't think he buys it at all. I think the one of the biggest issues that needs to be addressed by the next general manager, and quite honestly by Murray Edwards and ownership and by John Bean and management is, what are you doing to keep players here? Because yeah. that ha that's an issue now. That's an issue. Would Could you have kept, I don't know the answer, boom, but could you and I have an argument that you could have kept Matthew Kachuk had you made him the captain and there was a new building on the horizon? Would that have been enough to sway him? With with him, I don't think so. Okay, fine. Just because, and, and I, I really have nothing else, really nothing concrete to back it up other than just talking mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it makes him a bad guy. I just think he, here's an American-born guy. Mm -hmm. hey, I, I would play in St. Louis. I would love to play there. He has no connections to but Canada Craig or Conroy's Calgary. But Craig an American-born guy, but, and he stayed. I know, but every, everyone's different. And everyone's, I well, know, everybody's at, different. Look but at Kachuk's brother. He went to, I'm led to believe that Brady is kind of like mom. Matthew's kind of like dad. Sure. Oh, you know, you're yeah. You're going to work for who pays you, and if you have a chance to call your shot, you're gonna. I think the one thing you could have done is if you would have given Matthew all of the money before the bridge deal coming out when he was twenty or twenty. He would have been twenty, I guess, at that but, time. But maybe that's what you have to do moving forward, and maybe that's part. But I think you have to address the you draft him, get to keep him concept. Mm -hmm. Right, and if you draft them, they they're gonna come here. I'm sorry. You, oh, you want to come to Calgary as a free agent? Great. We're gonna take you out to Banff. Why? Oh, it's gorgeous out there. We're not gonna show you the rink. We're not gonna show you the dressing room. There's nothing in there that's gonna push you over the edge. Yeah. Right now, new building. That's a different story. I I grant you that. But at some point, you know, I think I'm old enough to remember the the Canadian Equalization Fund and what a pain in the ass that was and how difficult it was to recruit guys to stay and I think we're going down a different version of it yes you can pay him the same amount of money but why you know just be Michael Backlund was born in Sweden but he's chosen to live here I don't buy the there's an old there was an old cranky grumpy guy that used to be in our business that bitched and moaned about American players all the time oh they'll never sign they'll never sign they'll never sign I, I just think that's a cop-out I really think that's a cop-out. I think if you put, put players in a position where they want to be here and you show them you're, you're not going to be a, a, mid, a middling, muddling team, you got a plan, you got a building, you know, yeah, the fans demand a lot, but 
the athlete's supposed to want that. We I think. You, about the, sorry, I was going to say no, we no. talked about this last week. Remember, there was a time where if you were a free agent, you you would love to go to Detroit to be a Red Wing. Why the Red Wing way? You oh my win, God! Are you kidding respect me? Respect the jer- the whole thing. Sure, Detroit is not a nice place no. to live. Joe Lewis was a no. dump, right? But. Having that culture of winning, and here's how we do it. It's Edmonton can get players now that they could never get before. Yeah, that's what's missing here, and it has been for. Or a I while. guess they, you know, forty years could have got them. Yeah, is sustained playoff runs, victories, kind of that. They're fair to Midland. They're yeah. always fair to Midland. Safe as death. That's John Tortorella's thing from 04, but yeah. safe as death. And that's the one thing that I think the new general manager and ownership and everything need to address. This can't be about not offending people and, and not patting your, you know, there's got to be a, a swagger here. Like you've got to get a chip on your shoulder around here about whatever, but you got to make these kids want to stay here. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, he, you know, how good is Kachuk right now? And could he have been that here? There's no reason to think he couldn't have been that here. I don't know. And then you start to have a few of those guys kicking around, then it's it's cool for other guys to be there too. It, and I know when we look back and it's this Huberto contract that hasn't kicked in yet and, and Brad has to wear it, right? He signed him to this mega contract extension. Can I make a, def- I, can I make I just, a defense on that? I think people forget how first you couldn't give – you couldn't extend the old core, Monaghan, Goudreau. You, you couldn't do it, keep those guys because yeah. you had to break up the core. Yeah. So then you had to move on. So you've moved on. Now this guy, no one wants to stay. Here was a guy that was going to stay. Absolutely. He is a star player. He's just had a career year. Absolutely. And is it extreme? Yeah. But I, I kind of... And I don't know if it's actually if it's, if it's a good one. I kind of use that the rationale. At least this is how I my brain works. Say you're buying a house, mm-hmm. and we're in the market. Say five hundred thousand dollars. That's mm-hmm. our budget. Mm-hmm. Well, this one's five twenty-five. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit out of our range, but yeah, okay, we can swing that five twenty. You know what? The one over here is five forty. That's kind of like five twenty-five. Well, five forty. You were ready to pay eight, nine. Million mm-hmm. to Gaudreau, what nine? Well, then what's ten? You were, I think, for fans, for everybody, you were already in that mindset, that space of yeah. spending ten million dollars on a star. Sure. So when this guy's here, well, he's a star. Yeah. He'll stay for the ten million. Then give him the ten million. Yeah. If Johnny won't take it, give it to him. Okay, good, done. Then it's it's ten million a year. Yeah. It's a lot. But but not by the end of this contract. By the end of this contract, it'll be normal. By the end of this contract, it'll be normal. I've done this enough. My God, he's getting a million dollars. I know. Right? Oh, my God. You know, like, it's crazy to me that the 0405 lockout, really, the fuse was lit on that on, um, oh, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, The Rangers paid him 9.5 in the late 90s. Bobby Holik? Bobby Holik. It was the Bobby Holik contract that lit the fuse that ended up causing a year of hockey to go away that lit the fuse he was getting that and that's in the 90s yeah and we're even today that would be a high contract right didn't they sign drury the same day i think oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the book's called money players bruce tobigan wrote it go read it no i i will defend tree because i think what he did had more to do with or less to do with hockey and more to do with psychology and i think 
this organization was effed because they just watched their two best players walk away. And I was in that building. It had nothing to do with the Flames, had nothing to do with ticketing, but I can tell you that it was a morgue, yeah. that it was death, that it was everybody's fault. And I can tell you, those poor kids in customer service, they got their asses chewed out by fans. How dare you? Why does this happen? The crazy thing is um, how amazing... I didn't realize that almost every single Calgary Flames season ticket holder is a lawyer or married to a lawyer and they were going to sue. Like, you go through that whole thing, right, with yeah. customer service. What Tree did was single-handedly calm the waters, bring everybody back down and go, it's going to be all okay. Now, did we get overconfident? Yes, we did. Will it be proven out? Perhaps. But if he doesn't make that move, if he doesn't do that, you might have had 6,000 people in that building this year, boom. That may be an overreach, but that's what I feel. Like, you watched two of the best players you will ever draft walk away from this organization. And the one, and the one took less and a year less. $15 million yeah. left on the table to go to Columbus, Ohio, because there may or may not be a really good children's hospital for his wife to work at. And you strip it a little bit further is, is knowing that the story there is that he, he wanted to stay. He almost stayed to the point that he's back. The owner yeah. is trying to get him on the phone. Hey, let's congratulations on coming back and signing yeah. the extension. And then things go sideways. Right. So from Treliving's perspective, yeah, it was a horrendous kind of a first you get bombed out by the Oilers. Yep. Then Kachuk wants out. Then Goudreau doesn't come back. Yeah, it's... It doesn't justify it, but I see it. You needed a win. You needed a you PR need, that's win. That's a great way of putting it. You needed a win. And if you didn't have that win, you know, knowing what we know now, if you didn't give Huberto the contract, I'm not sure anybody at this juncture would have cared. But they all cared a year ago. Oh, yeah. or they all cared, you know, a while ago. Because then Ten why months. did you do this deal when you just saw these two players leave? All these two are going to do in a year is leave too. Weger and Hubert, oh, they're unrestricted. Correct. They're just going to leave. Correct. So it felt like you, with the asset of Kachuk, you'd still rather have Kachuk, but you got yeah. these two players. But now the, the, I, I, the, that asset goes on. It, there's still... I really wish people would apply a more 360-degree view to these conversations because it's real easy to sit here and say, well, I wouldn't have given him that. Cool. Sit in that desk, hear the calls, talk to the people deal with the pressures that are there. It's a real world thing. Like it's, you can play fantasy GM, no problem, yeah. but there's a real world GM. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did for this organization last year. Cause if he didn't do it, I don't think, I mean, it's not, I think it's not about leaving town or whatever, but it, it could have been into a nosedive in a hurry. Right? And you never know what the uh, external pressures are too. And not to suggest that there was, but what if, Ownership says, "Listen, sign this guy. We're we're taking a kicking here in the in that's the court the, of public that's opinion. That's the business. No one wants to be here. Absolutely. Well, we can sign them, but it's going to be this. Sign them. I, I find it a little. I I find a lot of the, the announcements are now very much timed, and and God bless the people that make those decisions. But uh, this club was taking it up the shoot right after the season when they sent out renewals." People were sharing their renewal messages on social media. Yeah. They were sharing their responses on social media. It was not healthy. You needed to change the narrative. You just had your GM say, you didn't fire your GM. Your yeah. GM said, I don't want to be here anymore. 
you were rejected by the GM. Yeah. And you know what? And I know that you're, I think it's the kind of the point you're making is I think anytime in business, in life, merit, work, what school, whatever it is, sometimes you need that hard reset. Okay. Hey, what you're doing isn't working. No. Now there's your wake up. There's the, there's the kick. Now, how do you respond to it? Are you going to just kind of continue doing what you've been doing and Mm -hmm. see if now it's just going to steadily work its way back Mm -hmm. or do you need to shift gears and put a little bit more into it? So I, I don't know. I, it just feels, it feels like the time with so many contracts expiring at the end of next year. I just look at this team. You can't be. How many of those would you bring back? I don't think any right now, Rob. You wouldn't bring Lynn Holt back? No. Hmm. How old is he? This is well, he's the same age as Sean Monahan. Get younger. Get younger now. Now's your chance. Don't give him eight or nine million and have him turn 32, 33, 34, 30. I have no doubt. I think that he can be a little Patrice Bergeron light. I think he's going to be a very good player until he's done. You wouldn't bring Backlund back? No. I think Michael Backlund has been a great flame. Thank you for your service. We've lived up to our end of the bargain, as have you. Good luck in free agency. We need the and what would you be paying him? I'm just going off Seven. the top of my head. Is Dubay due? He signed two summers ago. Or is it Majipani that's due? Uh, yeah, no, Majipani signed last. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm anyway, it's seven guys. I know that. Yeah, so I mean, Tanev. Yep. Lindholm to Foley. Uh, to Foley. There, that, that's I just, what I think it was. And well, oh, you, then you got to replace him. Yeah, you do. But other teams do it. Other teams do it. But remember, we started this conversation before about, you know, should we have let Bennett go? But he was 24, 25 yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, it's just an age thing because you watch the playoffs right now yeah. and you watch New Jersey work and you watch the Kraken work. It's a lot of young teams out there. Mm-hmm. It's guys, and Warner was rolling through the the ages this morning, I think, of the Panthers is 25, 27, this, And this, the Flames were like the second oldest team, were they not, this year? Probably, yeah. Yeah, something in that. And uh, you know, there's a couple guys that'll tilt that, obviously, when you have Lucic or Lewis or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's there's an opportunity here where you don't need to send guys to other teams plus a pick to get a cap off your book. It's just contracts. Oh, oh no, no, no. And I, and I don't, think, and and I don't I under- think you should take – I don't think you should keep seven. Which is not to say you don't go back into free agency and get somebody else to replace a backland. Like you're going to need centers, obviously, and I don't think that Rusichka is ready to take see, on a second line role. See, spot. part of it, the backland ones is kind of personal for me, because I think here you very rarely can you ever draft, develop, play, and retire a player in the same organization. Oh, I like the story, and I have not always been a backland guy. The no. last five years, I would he should be. He yeah. should be a career flame. Yes, and and that's where I come on that one. Lindholm, I'm yep, I'm there for you, but part of me is, are you going to play the kids? Are you? Because to your point, was it Daryl not playing the kids, or was it the owner not playing the kids? What are the marching orders here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's to me is one of the biggest parts of this is this is the first summer that I ever remember Murray Edwards' name being written in as many columns as it's been written in. And I credit the Flames. They've done such a marvelous job of training us in the media to avoid talking about, we never ask for the owner. We never bring up the owner. We always talk about the team from the general manager, the hockey president of hockey operations, down. But it's quite obvious this summer that 
what ownership's direction has been for this organization is an issue. Good, bad, or indifferent. It yeah. is an issue. Is it not? Am I wrong about this? I think so. I think what was what's ordinarily very commendable, the we spend right to the yes. cap, we give you full budget, we want to make playoffs every year. Yes. That sounds like something that's sure. very it's just not realistic. It's just not it, it you wouldn't run every business that way. Here but set, to me, set the I ultimate think, set the almost yeah. ultimate goal yeah. and then and but then I, that and only that is how we build. But I course. but remember this is a business. Remember this is a business. And it goes back to my three hundred and sixty degree view of, of this stuff. You can be a fantasy GM, knock yourselves out. It is not a fantasy world. It is a reality. And I go back to if Tree does not sign those two guys and he does not make or he doesn't make the trade, whatever. He doesn't get those guys financially, business-wise, renewals, whatever you want to say, sponsorship would have taken a hit. And this whole bullshit, oh, Jesus, Ty, I saw you yesterday. I said I wouldn't do that. I apologize, Ty. Sorry, Ty. No. Um, but I'm sorry, this are no rebuild. I'm not allowed to say rebuild. Sorry, it's on the table. It has to be on the table. Yeah. Right? It has to be on the table. What do you think? You're, it's not chickens. Your season ticket holders aren't chickens. Everybody knows what it means. But the reality of that, though... If you go through two or three years, you are not going to sell as many tickets. You are not going to sell as many premium products. You are not, you are not, you are not. But the hope is that when you get out of that, you're good. And I go back to, you know, Edmonton, screw off. You don't get gov government money. You got McDavid and you're going through this. You're selling stuff. Your revenue's out through the roof. You're okay, right? That's what you're hoping for. Yeah. You're hoping that you get out the other end and you can create that jersey revenue or that merchandise revenue, retail revenue, that sponsorship, people want to be aligned with you. It is a business. The thing it is of it a business. Is, though, I th the word rebuild, I feel like it's almost being interpreted as acceptable losing. We're going to accept losing. No, no. It's like it, you would you would re, it's a refresh as you would in any business. So maybe it's a new logo. You're going to renovate your showroom at the car dealership. Remember when it was Ole Jokinen and Owen Nolan and Todd which Bertuzzi go round. and you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. It's always been and no one talked about it being a rebuild. But then all of a sudden, in comes Goudreau and Monahan and some guy. This guy was a late pick, but look at him. The kids came in and they didn't suffer ticket sale. Drop. Yeah, they did. They did no. for a short period of time. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did not sell the same without Aginla. Aginla, well, Aginla. Aginla drove a lot. There's some people who believe Aginla drove as much in his prime as 20% of the income of the Calgary Flames. Sure. Right? And I, and I, I don't mean to say again. I just, that no, no, last I, I know incarnation where they turned the page and let the kids play. And the fan base was like, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, but it did. you did not make as much. Now, it. but the problem was the freaking find away flame bullshit. Oh, time having a bad Sorry, day. Um, it, th that thing screwed everything up because that changed everything. Uh-oh, we're closer than we think we are. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're further actually away, right? You had unbelievable luck that we will never see again for a century, right? Yeah. You, oh, yeah, down 4 nothing with six minutes to go in Ottawa. You score four goals and win it in overtime? Yeah, that's lucky. I was trying to think, what was the one with Boston where the puck, like, landed on top of the mesh on the net and then fell and then went in or oh, something? Oh, Brody like in overtime. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 for sure. Brody won in overtime. Yeah, yeah. I just look at this team now, and it, don't, if you don't want to call it a rebuild, or don't say rebuild, you're just, 
it's an overhaul of the roster, which doesn't mean we're going to go from 50 wins or 40 wins to See, 11. I don't we're think it's... play younger players. That, that to me, is all, all this is. All the, I don't, this is not a rebuild, but it's giving Wolf a spot. It's giving Pelche a spot. It's giving Dura a spot. I would, uh, you know, I'm going to die on this hill. I would give, I'd still, I'd go back to Maddie Phillips and said, we, we screwed up. Here's a one-way, one-year deal. Come yeah. in, let's play. Me right, I, right, like, yes. and and you know what, Poirier, get ready because you're not that far behind, and Zary, get ready, you're not that far behind. Shillington, he's coming back. Welcome home. Yeah. So that to me isn't a rebuild. It's not like you're going eighteen, nineteen. You're going twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. Right. I just wonder if that's what ownership hears when they hear rebuild, because and your point is a good one. If if I'm the owner, yeah, it's a it's my I love it. I mm-hmm. love the flames, but it's mm-hmm. also a business. And if we mm-hmm. go from nineteen thousand to seventeen mm-hmm. to sixteen to mm-hmm. fourteen to mm-hmm. oh, you know what? We can probably put the curtains up on the third mm-hmm. deck because we don't use it anymore. It's like shit. Should we have just sorry? Should we have just signed a free agent or two on July first? Should we have spent eight million to well, to keep to twelve me, million? I don't know. To me, it was all the the, the guy that let the cat out of the bag was Feaster when he went on TSN after they traded again Len Bomeister the next year and he said, you know, and they were talking to him about a rebuild. He said, guys, my job is still to make the playoffs. Right? Yeah. It's still because there's money to be made in playoffs. Right? There's money to be yeah. made in playoffs. It is a business. But I would get down on my knees and beg Murray Edwards and beg the Flames owners to reconsider their um their threshold for to me what it is risk their risk tolerance because I think they're way too careful I think they're way too scared find your ultimate goal not playoffs every year the Stanley Cup that's the ultimate goal now let's work towards that and how do we get there not playoffs every year not oh there's a yeah but Murray would have told but Murray would have told you I just did my thing I brought in the coach that can get us there it's it's just clear it's it's clear now how many playoff since remember it was 89 to 04 and then 04 to what how there's not been a long line of playoff success here the kraken are on a they're on a clip right now the vegas golden knights there's a lot of these teams it just isn't and that's the other thing i not to defend ownership here but i think the reality is this is not a calgary issue there's lots of owners like bill you want to work for bill foley cool I mean, that, they've almost had as many coaches in the, as the Flames have in the last oh, five years, yeah. right? And they've been in the playoffs. They've gone to a Stanley Cup final. Like, I get it. You know, we remember when teams were reasonable, like $180 million, $200 million, and we were all going to win the 649, and what we're going to do, we're going to buy a team, and we're going to run a team. Right? That was always the dream, right? Like, we were going to buy a team, we were, right? Had to have been bitching about something else then. No, 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 no. We are Only one win. team was winning the Cup every year then, too. Yeah, there would have been that, some... But, but, to me, it's gone from the, the, the owner, the family owner, and everything like that to a business now. Yeah. The, 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 the Calgary Flames are more about the arena district, and the Edmonton Oilers are more about the arena district and the brand representation and, and owning the, the properties and, and things like that. The hockey's part of it, and it's a huge part of it, but it's a business, right? It's not a passion. Like I, when Federick was here and Fateri, I always said that they, held, they didn't own the Stampeders. They held the public trust. And, and that's what I always thought ownership was. You hold the team in public trust. You don't own it, you hold it in public trust. It's a business. It's all business now. Yeah. And, that, and this is a business. For Christ's sake, we're on a business. And if it goes too far the other way, where, where you do treat it like a hobby or you're, 
like Jerry Jones, right? It's a business, but it's, I mean, should he be calling the shots, the football? I, I don't know. No. For no. And I, I always made. thought, I, the guy I always looked at was uh, Mark Cuban, right? Oh, yeah, I'd love to have an owner like Mark Cuban. No, I'm good, thank you. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the proper ownership is anymore. Is it, is it uh, Vinick in, in Tampa? Is that what ownership should look like? It wasn't the guys before. Or, or who owns Warren, it now? Is it Vinick? Coolest? Yeah, yeah, no, I no, no, no. It's Jeff Vinick. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the Flames. Certainly not the people who own the uh, A's. No, it's, <laughs> that's what a mess that is. <laughs> But it's I feel for Flames fans right now. People ask, so what's gonna is it who's it is it Conroy or what are they gonna do? Or is Jerome coming back? I don't know, but it's a big it's a big hire. Do you have a problem with Stan Bowman? Yeah. Me too. When do I get to express that? Anytime. Oh or should I wait? I got asked about him and Quenville last week. Yeah. And I said there's I just feel there's way too much stink from what happened in Chicago. And you had a Bill Peters situation here that is still not that far in the rearview mirror. And I don't know that the Chicago team that won cups, was that not built before he took over? I'm not sure what Stan Bowman. No, I think really he had did. a role. I think he had a role to play in that. I mean, I uh, certainly, um, why am I blanking with the, uh, former broadcaster, former Hawk went to Florida. I'm getting old. Boom. Dale Talon. Yeah. Dale Talon. And then, you know, Bowman came in and, and kind of got it to the next level sort of thing. But, but I, they, I, they'd already won that first cup, and you had, yeah. that was Bufflin and Versteeg and Sharp and Kane yeah. and Taves and Seabrook. And, and they let Talon go because he didn't put, what, the right amount of postage on? on yeah, they missed right the deadline. Line on yeah. renewals or something? Or on, well, I think what it was is the, con yeah, they had to qualify their RFAs. That's and what it was. didn't, so then all of a sudden Versteeg and Fraser and Bufflin and all these guys were free to go. Yeah. I, why, what, why do you have a problem with Stan Bowman? Because what he did to Kyle Calder, uh, not Kyle Calder, Beach, Kyle Beach, yeah. is it's it's wrong, and and I'm sorry. Second chances, absolutely. But if if you're first, if it's win at all costs and screw humanity, I'm sorry. I I still believe you can win with dignity. I can still believe you can win with morals and scruples. And if you're telling me that Stan Bowman can get me a, a Stanley Cup. Uh, I'll, I'd rather Craig Conroy, who I trust I explicitly and is a good human being and would do things to, for the right reasons, I'll take that every time. I, at and some I'll, point, you got to stand for something, don't you? And I'm, I'm a big proponent for second guesses and making mistakes and learning from sure. them. I think that we're, you talk about the internet people, we're way too hard on people who make a mistake and we bury them and we pile on. Oh, like, okay, yes. mistake, but now how? Yes. How do they take that? What do they do with that? Yes. And maybe if you meet Stan Bowman, if there is remorse and if there has been stuff done, I, I win me over. Show me, win me over. Oh, sure. And I, then I'm, but yeah. It, but I, I'm, but that to me, that, that one is inexcusable. The, the way that that, that that life was altered and changed and, and impacted with no regard. Right. And what bothers me to this day, Boom, is, is how, they still, right up until the last minute, that organization tried to... Because, of course, you know what they did the day the news came out? They hired eight women for scouting roles and, and roles within the organization. Yeah. So everybody was praising them for being up. And I feel for those ladies because they deserve the opportunity. That's not the, that's not the point. But it wasn't done for that. It was done to see, hey, look what the left hand's doing. Don't worry about the right hand. And I hate that. 
uh, that that's just as bad. So you mentioned Conroy's name. Yes. I'm not. You kicked me out one. Are you ready? I'll go. No, go? something buzzed. I thought it was you. No. Okay. If Craig Conroy doesn't get this job, he has to leave, right? You can't sit as an AGM through another general manager's contract. And I'm not saying he should have been when Treliving was hired, but Treliving was here for a long time. Conroy has been molded and prepped for this job. When this job is now open and you don't get it, I feel like you have to leave and go somewhere else regardless. Yep. I, I No. Yep. No. Uh, yes. The logical part of my brain. Yes. The, the, he's a friend of mine, so I don't want him to leave town, but yeah, um, exactly. I, you, still, I, I don't I, know why they didn't just install him. I don't know why. I, I, I do know why, because I think if they had, they would have been criticized for. By whom though? Oh, the, the same people who criticized them, you know, about everything about, you know, the, the Daryl Sutter thing became a story during the season because it became public and people were critical of it, right? You can't run an organization like that. If you just go back to internal, we're not that far removed from up in Edmonton and Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish and Gretzky and coffee and all of those sort of things. And there's a lot of people that hate that, right? There's a lot of people who say you got to cut the ties and you got to get the right people. Um, I do believe you have to have a search. I absolutely do believe you have to have a search, but to me, you know, I've said it on my program a number of times. My question is, and is, is Craig Conroy correct, right for Calgary? Is Calgary right for Craig Conroy? Because I think he's, what, what else are you supposed to do? What else, what else can you do? What else could he have done? Right? The thing with Conroy is, if, if people are thinking that it's just another Treliving because they work together, not so. There were a lot of things that Brad did that Craig didn't agree with. And there were things that Craig thought should have been done that Brad didn't think should have been done. Not that they were a polar opposite, but that was, it's no, a, di no, a no, differing of opinion and that's what you want. But that's what you want, right? right? That's they, what you want. That's so exactly think, what you want. I think it would be great for Craig to get in there if he can do, allow, allow him to do what he thinks should be done. Let his vision start to take place. I just, I, I know that it's, it's, it's we're going to do a, a, a search and do our due diligence and all of that. I guess somebody, but where is the, where is the criticism going to come from where you have a guy who was a player for what, a decade and has spent another decade learning the ropes in your front office. I, I, no one knows the city, yeah. the, 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 your farm system, the players, no one knows uh, it better. And he's, it's not as though he's not respected around the league or he hasn't been an AGM or he hasn't been to every world junior world under 18 world under 16. He's been to every corner of the hockey world. I just don't know who, and they'd be, they'd be dead wrong if they were going to criticize him. For not no, I think it wasn't him. I think it's the criticism of the organization. When's the last time the organization did a search for anything? See, to me, this, this what they did, I criticize. This is janky. Why? You've got a guy in wait yes. that oh. you can move into the GM's you're chair asking me to, and you make him yeah. jump through hoops you're, now? But you're asking, That's okay. janky. But you're asking me to... Okay. I, I would have installed him day one too, but I understand why they didn't. Let's, let's review. There was no wide it's chicken shit. There was no wide net. Is, there was right? no wide net for true living. There wasn't. They found they the Burke went and got the guy he yes, wanted. He did. Right? 
There was no wide net for Bill Peters, right? Tree went and got the coach that he wanted. Yeah. There was no wide net when Ward took over. There was no wide net when Daryl took over. Well, there was no when, wide net when Feaster got the job. There was no wide net with Brian Burke. There has not been a wide net. Like, do you think that there was a wide net when Brent got the coaching job? There, I think there's a difference between being, was there a wide net hand, when Hartley got the job? Being handpicked, yeah, and and a, Hartley was here because he was with Jay Feaster Correct. and Jay wanted his guy. Correct. And the owner wanted... Brent. But if you go through this process, if you interview Stan Bowman, if you in, interview Eric Telsky, if you interview Mike Fuda, if you interview Brad Pascal, if you interview Dean Molberg, if you interview, 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 and you come back and you go, Craig Conroy is it. To me, that's a, that's, that's a far greater endorsement. And I think that's where they end up. But to me, then you don't get the, wow, they didn't go get somebody. Because you and I both know this is not going to work perfectly at all times. There will be down times. So when the down times hit, well, they didn't go out and they didn't get a, an analytics guy. They didn't go out and they didn't get a, a, a player's coach. They didn't go out and get, didn't get a hard ass, right? We can go through the list of all the different types. But to me, if you go out and you come back and you tell me, yep, we did it and Craig Conroy's the guy – you covered all bases. That's how I look at it. So then they'll be free of criticism if... No, they won't be free of criticism. That's, that's all I'm saying, yeah. is that the people that are going to bitch and complain are going to bitch and complain regardless. So but as why a don't small business, business owner, I have a different perspective on this. As okay. a small business owner, I feel like I need to do some due diligence. And I, I'm critical of this organization about the way they do business. So if they're about to do something which they have not done, they have not done this. We just established that. I am not going to stand in the way. But if they go, oof, you know, we went. And now, when you say done this, what do you mean? They what I just said. This. They have not done a search. They've also not promoted from within to the general manager chair in a long time. No, it'd be Al Coates. Right? It'd be Al Coates. And now, Peter Marr. Al Coates made the two most important trades in Calgary Flames history. Jerome McGinn and Robin Regeer. If that's your measuring stick, pretty good. Right. They've not, as coaches, you take an assist in Jim Playfair. That didn't work. But to graduate yeah, from within to the... Yeah, but why didn't that the, work? I know. Right? That, that deck was stacked too. Right? Because you, you, you're my assistant. You come in and do the, what I want you to do. And that, that's fine. That's, you knew what you had in the general manager and the coach then, right? Yeah. I, uh, I hope it works out. I just feel on a, from an observer to... Oh, yes, we have a couple of very good candidates. And uh, yeah, yeah, you do. You do. And I just don't think. And when you said wide net, I, I think there have been searches. And I think there have been difficulties in the past where you just weren't going to come here knowing the, no, the, the way parameters. The no. You were never going to have full autonomy. I'll trade whoever I want, whenever I want. Everybody has to go up the ladder. You had to work for Ken King. We talked to. You had to work for Murray Edwards. Yeah. You had, that, that was the way it was established. And that automatically took certain candidates out of the yeah. out of the picture but i do believe in the last decade or so they have been a, flying a little loose with the you know with the interviews and i think gullets and they did a you know gullets and i think they did a fairly wide net on yeah right i forgot about him but i think they did a fairly wide net on him and i think they're depending on how you characterize wide net there there was a search when jeff ward came back because that was not that was and what are you going to say? Hey, this is our guy. This is perfect guy. They did. That was not the answer that they were hoping for. They just there was no coach who was going to come here for the situation mm -hmm. or the money. Mm -hmm. Jeff Ward would, mm -hmm. 
So no, that's and that's 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 a fair counter. That's a fair counter. I, I boom. I, I feel like I'm arguing with you for the sake of arguing with you. I I'm the same way. Like he's right here. You're, you know. And and if it, and if for some reason you know he got another job, and I'm talking about Craig Conroy, I think Pascal's got to be one A. Wouldn't you love to have just? To get, wouldn't you love to have your GM working right now? Yeah, wouldn't but I love your but GM I, to but be doing GM not, work right now. Yeah, but if he's not, it's okay right now because the two AGMs are. Conroy was just scouting in Europe, right. and and yeah. you've you've already put your draft to bed, yeah. you know. And and to be perfectly honest, what if you do go and hire somebody from out? You they may not be able to run your draft, right? Which is again why I think you just you give it to the guy you've been molding for this oh, position I, for I, more I, than a decade. I agree, but if we're gonna if we're gonna say we're gonna do a wide net, and if we're gonna do things the right way go but you're going to come back with this answer and then we can move on and you're right to criticize him if it takes a month or six weeks we just lost six weeks yeah i, I get it um I, i'm just glad that i i really liked uh M- maloney's press conference last week i really liked it really really liked it i thought he looked good like i and i don't normally say that but i just thought you know his answers were good and man it is the next coach's job or the next GM's job to pick their coach, right? Yeah. So I, 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 I laugh a little bit at our, you know, we were, oh, Mitch Love, this is why he should be the leading candidate. You can write him if you want him, but we don't know who the GM is. And the GM's going to play a large role in who the coach I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Jeez. Yeah. We saw nothing. I don't know if you know that. Well, I saw, I don't know, do I have to go? You no, you go? don't have to go. Oh, no. no, 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 no. You're I, saw your cl- I saw your clip from last week talking about, regardless of the coach, the pressure that has to ultimately now be on Jonathan Huberto. It has to be. You may not have won the struggle. You know, the internet people don't like it when you say things like that, I right? Know. Like, uh, I've, there was one, I wish I had it in front of me. 
I thought he quoted it right out of a uh, 1950s gangster movie. Okay, pretty boy, we if you don't do you, it now. we got to get you off the internet. That's what oh, we got. we got to get you off Twitter. And another guy goes, duh. Of course they do. Okay, sorry. We didn't mean to insult but, your intelligence. But, it, but it's, to even me. If, even if it isn't. No, and did, did you win the power struggle? No. Yeah, but no. Here's the thing. You, one of the major perceived stumbling blocks in your terrible season was your relationship with your coach mm -hmm. well all right can you get along with this guy you better well my mine was and i never really articulated my point really came from I, i'm angry not angrier but i'm this is more of a finger point at the agent i'm i'm not a i'm not an alan walsh guy i don't know him from a hole in the ground but i just the way he does business I like the transparency. I got to be honest. Do I do like being able to see because I'm. I always say I I try and be somewhat cautious because we want people to say things. Don't just give us stock oh, answers. For and then sure. when you come out, for when people sure. do come out and say something that is honest, then we crush them. I was like, don't crush them. See what they've got to say. See if there's something there. And I think there was something there where here's a guy who was the highest, you know, highest scoring winger mm -hmm. and then wasn't playing on the wing. And is he getting the, there was something up with him and Lindholm, Daryl at the start of the year. Well, Lindy's our best player and he gets to play with who he likes to play with. Very weird. And they <laughs> never played together. You think about it. It's not as though they had lines that were just chugging right along. How could oh, you break I, up these lines? I know. There was no chemistry. I mean, Lindholm and Toffoli were fine, but still, you, the guy that had a career year on that side, there's an open spot on that yeah. top line. I don't know what the hell was going on. I just... Do you if think... people think that because Sutter's gone, it's fixed, they're sadly mistaken, which is why I just think if you have a chance to shake up something in that room and you've got all these contracts... Do you think Scott Boris is good for baseball? I, I mean, he's, he's a great agent. Everybody gets paid. But now he's but now but, but now he's forced himself into a lot of conversations about the game and he's done an amazing job of making himself almost the third pillar. Oh, right? Yeah. Players, yeah. owners and Scott and I think that's where Walsh wants to live. I think Walsh wants to be hockey's version of Scott Boris. God bless. He's a powerful guy. Um but he does, you know, like like somebody said, it it's almost disingenuous for Mark Andre Fleury or Derek Broussard or Jonathan Huberdeau to come out and go, "Hey guys, I you know I'm uh, that's 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 Alan. I I don't know why he did that and everything. Sorry, that's the truth. Fire him. None of you guys fired him, right? If eight times out of ten, management has to dislike the agent because all they're out to do is what's best for their player and sure. get the most money. Sure. Is there maybe two times out of ten where there's some value to them where you can really know what's going on with your player? I just wonder if you were oh, a general manager this year and you talked to Jonathan. He's like, no, everything's fine. Oh, you know, I just whatever. Can you then go to the agent and say, hey, listen, we we got to make this work. What's going Absolutely. on with, with and, him? And I have, no, I have zero problems with agents, actually. I think they're a very important part of it. My problem is this, this game we're playing with Alan Walsh. He gets upset for his client and then his client comes out the next day and goes oh alan no 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 i never talked to alan about that oh no 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 right bullshit come on man up i'm glad he did it that's why i hired him that's why he gets 13 percent or whatever i earn that's why i pay him i it happens though because remember, remember when sam bennett was here 
We heard from his agent. He wasn't I, getting the ice time, wasn't playing center. No, I get it. I, I, I get center. it. But, you know, like I go back to the baseball equivalent of Scott Boris. Like, you know, Bor- Boris has a manifesto. Have you ever heard of his manifesto? Like, Boris has a – Scott Boris has an entire plan for baseball. Like, entire plan of restarting it and building it from the ground up. Like, he wants to own own baseball. Um, and that, and that's okay. That But, but – what do you want out of this? And that's why I thought it was interesting last week when uh, uh, Don Maloney, I think it, it was an acknowledgement, public acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. Eric DeHatchek said it. Peter Marr said it. Everybody said it without being prompted. Wow, did you hear that? He brought up the agents. Yeah. Right? Nothing wrong with it. There again, if you're covering all your bases, I guess you talk to as many people as you can. You have every conversation. No, that you're doing your due diligence, yeah. right? And and I guess maybe in fairness to Don, he's not a puppet. Talk to the agent, glean from it what you would mm-hmm. like, but have the conversation. So. Whose agent do you think he talked to? Or whose agents do you think he talked to? Well, I would think he'd have to have talked to Alan Wong. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but I, that, you know what that would be? I don't think that would be a, oh my goodness. Well, here we are on... May what May first, and I'm shocked to hear mm-hmm. all of these revelations. I'm sure yeah. that they were very familiar. Uh, the, the, the Alan Walsh text and phone conversation line has been uh, going all season. He's so. got his own podcast, eh? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever talked to Alan? Oh, it's been a while. We had him on the show. Did you? Yeah. I don't think I ever did. His I don't think character. I've ever. I think a lot of these agents, they're you know they're they're lawyers, they're yeah, they're salesmen. They tap dance. Hey, how we do? Hey, what's going on? I think, think the part of agents that, that never gets talked enough about is how much they're uh, psychologists, mm-hmm. how much they're big brothers, yeah. how much they're... Which is why I think from a GM's perspective, if there could be some yeah. value, oh, absolutely. if you're going to get the honesty, because truly, mm-hmm. player, GM, agent, they all want the same thing yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. And... I probably sometimes GMs are like, screw that. Why mm-hmm. would I ever talk to that guy? Block his number. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you know what you are? Mm. You're the greatest. You are the greatest. I need an agent. You need an agent. Look where I got I'm myself. a terrible, I, I came in today, I'm bitching at you because you won't text me back. I'm bitching at Gavin. Yeah. I'm bitching at Jack. I'm bitching at everybody. And you know what you do? You read the room and you go, that guy needs a friend. I should sit down and tell him it's okay. I've been You're doing, the best. I started doing that in 2007. I understand it, but you've never stopped. I would, walk, never into stopped. A, I would walk into a room and it's like, Rob's having a bad day. Yeah. Let's turn let's this thing around. Let's turn this around. Let's do I'll this. just sit with him and let him rant about That's Alan right. Walsh. And he feels so much better now. Do you remember the day you asked me, why are you always so damn happy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I come into the hot stove lounge at the yes. dome and I got my coffee and I got my suit on. It's a game. Yeah. It's all right. We're going to go grr, grr, Got the grr, black And then there's grr, grr, grr. It's, it's raining, right. raining yeah, on top yeah, of raining, the right. grr, yeah, grr, yeah. Grr. I'm whistling. How are we doing? Oh, yeah, baby. Why are you so damn happy? <laughs> Well, it's a, you know, the sun's out and it's a game day and we're here and we're this. I, I, I can't think. I, I, you know, apologies. I, it was not intended to do this. Friday was my 20-year anniversary. Yeah? 20 years ago on May 5th, 2003, I started in 960. Yeah. And this has been like home, right? Like this is my home. This is what I do. This has been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. The two biggest people um, that have had probably the most impact on my outlook in life were Joe sports and you, because you guys both kept me from B 
becoming that guy that lived his character. And I'm not, you know, we, yeah. we play characters, right? You know, we play characters. You're not the same guy here on the radio. That's right. I was really close to becoming a character. It was one of the first real kind of, oh, kind of things. Yeah. When I started working with you, because I was a, yeah. a hardcore listener prior. Yeah. And I thought, here's, yeah, this is Rob Kerf. We're good. This is going to be. Yeah. And, and it's just, you were, you were a long ways away from that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you and Joe both played a huge role in making me a human being because I was in danger of becoming that guy that believed he was, a, he, he believed what he was. You, did that make any sense? Like, you know, I, 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 I I'm do. just a guy that does what I do, but I, I was in danger of beginning to believe my own headlines or whatever, really in danger of that. And it wasn't for you. I would have careered off and I would have been a complete wow. jerk and I wouldn't have helped anybody. And I would have lived in solitude on a mountain and thought, well, they're not calling me because they're scared of my brilliance. Uh, and now I know right. <laughs> that it's actually the opposite of that. So I'm forever indebted to you. And I was thinking about that on Friday because uh, the greatest thing that ever happened was coming here and, and meeting you guys. And, and even in this is, you know, yeah, it wasn't a great start today, but uh, we turned it into an hour or something. I think about what, because, I mean, and it, we don't need to have this conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it shifted when you got there. We've told this story before because it was the radio station that was there changed when you got there. Mm -hmm. Instead of being, oh, we're done programming at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Oh, no, we're not. Well, why, why? <laughs> yeah. You started asking questions. Well, yeah. do we do call-ins after the game? No. Well, why? Do we do afternoon? Why? Why don't we have that? Why? Yeah. Well, I guess just do them. And then it just became, well, that's what you do at 960 because that's the way it's always been done. No, it's because that's what Rob started doing when he got there. Yeah. And it was. We all worked our balls off because you worked your balls off and that just became the way yeah. that station ran. Yeah, but I, honest God, boom. If it wasn't for you and Joe, I was in danger of believing my own headlines and, and that wouldn't have been a good place to end up. Well, um, not, not, that, not that I'm perfect by any stretch. That's not what I'm saying, but... Um, you're right. You would come in. Why are you so damn happy? I don't get this because you got to work, 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 work. Get the prep, 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 prep done. All right. Now, hey, how is everybody? I'm having a great day. Right. And then the light goes off. Work, 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 prep, 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 prep. Right. And, you know, if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't, you know, taking that deep breath. And again, it's the Bruce Boudreaux story. Right. We're just sitting in there one day and Bruce comes walking by the door and he goes, you guys OK? What? You have no window. There's no windows in here. <laughs> There's no windows in here. Do they make you come down here? <laughs> yeah, can't you go to the radio station? <laughs> exactly. What did you guys do? Yeah, exactly. So thank you, bud. Well, buddy, this was yeah. fun. It was. It was fun. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right, pal. I got to bring Ryan on. I just have to because he needs to yell at me. Well. You know how that is. Have fun with that. I will. Beautiful. There you go. Uh, Dean Moldberg, everybody. Boomer, you know him from uh, Barnburner. Uh, every single freaking day on this, well, not Saturday and Sunday, but you know what I mean, uh, all the time. Uh, they are the best, and you should listen to them. Uh, of course, uh, he's one of our guests, brought to you by uh, uh, Ski Seller Snowboard. I was going to say snowbeller, snow, Snowboard Ski Seller, but that would be wrong. <laughs> it would be Ski Seller Snowboard. Sorry, Neil. Ski Seller Snowboard.com. 76 years in Calgary. 76 years 
in Calgary. By the way, I'm live in the Oodle Noodle studio, local Love Delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. Pick up and delivery. Well, we've mentioned them before. We should mention them again. Uh, Ski Cellar Snowboard, three locations in our great city, uh, and we would love you to go check them out. Even, I know, like, it's beautiful right now, but the well, the winter's going to come back soon enough. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue Southwest, just off of 14th Street, Bull Ridge Road, Northwest. All righty. Let's bring in Mr. Pike. He is the managing editor of Flames Nation, and he is kind enough to join us this afternoon on Connor Bedard Day. And, of course, we've already Ooh. outlined uh, that the Calgary Flames are mere hours away from actually being able to select him as they have moved from 16 to 6 uh, with the 1.1% chance of that. And then five teams will have decided they've scouted better players than Connor Bedard and will not draft him, and he'll fall right into the Calgary Flames' lap. I've laid it out, Ryan. You're welcome. That's exactly what's going to happen. So <laughs> we already have the, the story pre-written. The story is we're pre-written. Just, and- we're just waiting <laughs> – publish on uh on Connor Bedard coming to Calgary uh no it's I mean it's it's an exciting day uh you know there's uh Brad Living always said that uh to get a lottery pick uh like a lot of teams uh, are within striking distance of Connor Bedard this year you got to go through a lot of pain yeah um it was not a fun fall for a lot of these teams not a lot not a fun spring for a lot of these teams uh the flames are as they have been Many times, and that's basically since the institution of the the draft lottery in '95, they're in no man's land. They're, uh, you know, they've only had uh, more than a five percent chance of winning a lottery at all. Yeah, uh, a handful of times in franchise history, I think maybe five or six times. So, I mean, we'll see. It'd be. It, I was joking with uh, with a friend of mine the other day. It'd be very flimsy if they won the lottery the year that they had mathematically like they weren't allowed to get high up to pick Connor Bedard. But I mean, this is the kind of draft where if you if you happen to, you know, if the if the ping pong balls tumble in the right way and they get a top six pick, this is the kind of year where a, a, the sixth overall pick is going to be a very, very, sure. very good player. I mean, 16th overall is also going to be a pretty good player too, but you'd always rather have the higher pick, right? Yeah, and, and I hate to correct you, uh, but the true true flame part of this would be to actually – fall back even though they can't right this, this <laughs> they, year they can't they can't can. but this that would truly be the flame thing is to find a way to go to 17 right there's there's no lottery picks behind the flames it's, the flames are the bet for better or for worse they're the they, best team they cannot the fall they every every other team in this thing can, that's how you have to look at it right ryan every other team can lose ground except calgary tonight yeah i mean you know it's it's the way it, it's the way the draft happens to be, and you know they, you know they probably they probably a wish they made the playoffs, or mm-hmm. b wish they didn't make the playoffs a lot sooner and then uh, got a better draft pick. But you know we are where we are, right? We are. Um, for the benefit of, and, and I I don't like doing this, but I I think we we're both. Uh, of the understanding that in drafts there's plateaus, right? That you know the the first pick is this, the first four picks are this, the first you know, the plateau in which the Calgary Flames find themselves. General consensus. Can you give us a sense of the players that are going to be at that at that? But assuming they don't move much from 16. 
Yes, uh, I I'm one of those people that sort of takes a look at all of the uh, the incoming the draft rankings from our many many fine colleagues throughout the hockey world. Right. Uh, so I aggregated into a handy spreadsheet. Uh, I would say the the big gap right now is after the top ten. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. top top three or four are going to be in some combination. Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and then one of Leo Carlson and Matt Mitchkov. They'll probably go three, four in some order. Uh, and then Will Smith and Zach Benson round out the top six. Then there's a big gap. Then there's Dalibor, Dvorsky, and Ryan Leonard, and Oliver Moore, and then a gap again. And then they're, they're sort of a cluster right, right uh, around where the flames go. Okay. Uh, 10, 10 would be 10 through 15. Uh, right now are Andrew Cristal, Axel Sandin, Pelica, Edward Saleh, Colby Barlow, Braden Yeager, and David Reinbacher. And then there's a gap, and then then there's the Flames. So the Flames will get, uh, barring anything fancy happening, the 16th overall pick. The six, the consensus 16th overall pick right now is Nate Danielson of the Brandon Wee Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Perot of the U.S. National Development Team is also there. So is Riley Height of Prince George and uh, Matthew Wood of the University of Connecticut. Uh, those are sort of the, the guys who sort of we expect to sort of be around. But this is also kind of a weird draft year because when you look at sort of the different ledges, basically everybody has the same top four. Yeah. Everyone has, you know, Bedard and Fantilli, then the two guys in some order between Matt Carlson and uh, Matthew Mitchkoff, mm-hmm. and then chaos from six down. So uh, some of these guys – you know, we, we've seen Andrew Cristal as high as six or seven on some of these rankings. We've seen Andrew Cristal off of the first round in some of these rankings. He generally is a consensus first rounder, but he's not a unanimous first rounder. And I think you, that's the you know this is this feels kind of like you know there's two drafts that come to that come to mind when I think of this draft. Okay. Uh, in terms of just pure talent level, it's 2005. Like it's, this mm-hmm. is just a murderer's row of good to very good prospects. But it's also kind of like 2012 where there is, you know, yeah. everyone's like, ah, the top two guys are pretty good. And then who the hell knows? Yep. And, yep. you know, Craig, Craig Conroy, we were at uh, at Winsport once for uh, for a dev camp. We were just talking about how, how you know, how chaotic the draft can be. And he just sort of shrugged. He's like, eh, you know, 30, li- 30 different lists. That was when there's 30 teams. Right now, there's probably the same five guys for the top four or five. And then chaos throughout all these lists and that's that's sort of what we're seeing from all these uh, all these rankings from very well-informed people uh throughout the hockey world so uh if we're gonna say oh the flames will get uh, nate danielson i mean maybe but the one of those guys who is in that consensus top 15 could easily tumble down depending right. on maybe maybe somebody likes somebody better i don't know well and in this and again using i think 2012 as an example uh you may get that shuffling within the picks, right? That, oh my gosh, we didn't think he'd be available. Can we get to so-and-so's pick at eight to get him? Or, oh my gosh, we're a pick away and there's five guys on our board. Can we move back and pick something up? It, it like has... The, the, flames, the Flames did that in 2020 twice. Right. Because... I think the the story that Bradley Living told everyone was, and I have no I have no reason not to believe Bradley Living, but you always every the thing you always hear when someone gets drafted <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. this is the guy we really want. We had him circled. This exactly. is the guy we want all along. Yeah, couldn't believe he fell. What probably happened, and actually what Brad sort of alluded to was, there was a handful of guys in 2020 when their first pick came up that they went, ooh we'd be fine with any of these guys. They're all really good. Mm-hmm. And they saw the opportunity to trade down and, and get some extra picks out of it. 
And, you know, that's how they got Jeremy Poirier. That's how they got uh, Jake Boltman. So, I mean, depending on how you feel about Poirier and Boltman's prospects, I mean, you always want to have more kicks to the can. And this, I agree with you, this feels like the kind of draft where I think everyone's going to have probably the top four picks sort of written in pencil, at least, you know, one, two, and three A, three B. And then there's going to be a lot of surprises from five onward. I, I, you know, and especially, you know, if somebody unique gets, uh, you know, a lottery pick you know, mm-hmm. wins that one of those two draws this can be this can be utter chaos and i you know as as someone who cheers to chaos yes. i love writing about chaos this this has the makings of what could be a really fun draft because of a the depth in this entire class i mean there's almost two first two first rounds worth of, of uh, good prospects available but then you're gonna get you know the teams that don't get those tippity top four or five guys will be going yeah well, we also like this guy here. Let's try to see if we can move down a bit. So I, I figure we're going to see a lot of shuffling once those first four, five, six picks go down. What about, and, and I apologize, I should know this, but what about goalies in this draft? Are there are there <laughs> top-end goalies? Because you know that can also play a role in this too, right? There is, I believe there's one goalie who's sort of shown up here and there uh, in the first round. I, it's, uh, I believe he's from Brandon, Carson... Uh, Carson Bjornsson. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's yep. a first rounder on two perspective lists. Uh, McKean's had him on their first round in the midseason. Right. And in February, I believe uh, Sam Cosentino at Sportsnet had him in his first round, too, in the late first round. Uh, teams, there's really, there's no Yarrow Askarov this year. There's no Jake Ottinger. There's nobody who's that seen like that kind of a tippity top goalie, but he's good. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. he's, he's shown up in a lot of lists that he feels like the type of goalie that he'll fall into the early first, the early second round. Yeah. And somebody with multiple picks will just jump on him and, and be pretty happy with that pick. But, you know, this is, this is the type of draft where, you know, there are different types of players all over the place. And there's a few teams that will have multiple picks. I mean, <laughs> we're looking at you, Ottawa. We're looking at you, Arizona, you know, Arizona, Chicago. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that will have the ability to do weird, daring things because they have multiple picks. And, you know, I thought Arizona did a great job of that last year. And I think a lot of teams sort of look at Arizona's draft class from 2022 and go, oh, let's just copy them. That's a great that's a great way of doing it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a copycat league. And I figure we're going to see quite a bit of copycatting in the next uh, coming weeks and months. Well, the only thing we'll know for sure tonight is likely. Well, no, you can't say the only thing we'll know for sure is likely. The only thing we'll know for sure is where Connor Bedard is going tonight. And and probably Adam Fantil. Yeah, sorry. That's true, too. Right. Because the the consensus. Yeah. Yeah. And there's your percentages, uh, you know. The the, the 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 and he would look fine with the Ducks. Uh, Fantilli going to the Blue Jackets is interesting, considering some of the young guys they have and some of the old guys they have. Um, but let's wait and see what the because it's it's not like the NHL not to have something wacky happen that makes everybody question the integrity of everything. So <clears throat> we'll see. Right. Yeah. And right right after the Flames get their arena done, of course the Flames will win the lottery because. Gary Bettman will be happy with them now. Yes, and, yes, uh, that's right. So the move you know, to the, six. The, the, the funniest thing is in the the NHL's breakdown of uh, you know they in the media portal they actually have a breakdown of all the lottery ball combinations that mm-hmm. would go for each team, and they actually do a full video uh, that they release afterwards of the drawing. It's done by I believe it's done by Ernst and Young. Yeah, it doesn't, it's done yep. by some some accounting it's, firm. Yes. Right? it's done by Ernst and Young because they do the awards balloting too. Right. But yeah, they 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 have people from every lottery team in the room watching the draft they have you know uh it, it's 
it's a they, they've gone out of their way to ensure they have as much deniability as possible if anything weird happens which is a smart thing to do because it's sports and weird stuff and happens in sports weird stuff happens um i wouldn't say weird stuff happens weird stuff had the potential happening in the first round or in the second round of the american hockey league playoffs but um it was as expected calgary getting by abbotsford uh maybe a little closer in in the scores that than we thought especially in abbotsford yeah. right for four one goal games yeah I mean, there was you know i'll say this i mean abbotsford they're they're a good team they're a really balanced team when i spoke i spoke with uh, the gentleman over at canucks conversation last mm-hmm. week after the first game and you know the observation i had was i really like the balance and the depth that the the, the abbotsford canucks have uh you know they have two really good goalies granted neither as good as dustin wolf but they got two really good goalies spencer martin spent a lot of time in the yep. nhl this year it was pretty good they have a bunch of defensemen to play the nhl and you know mm-hmm. none of them are gigantic needle movers but no there were pushovers i mean when brady keepers on your third pairing you're doing some things right and then they have basically four lines worth of really interesting prospects and a couple guys like nils hoaglander is very good Mm -hmm. Uh, they have a few other guys like that so i mean they're a really well-balanced team well-coached and you know they they took it to the wranglers they you know the for better for worse a lot of the the momentum for the wranglers goes through number 11 and they saw Matthew Phillips and went, this guy's, you know, 150 pounds soaking wet. Let's just beat the hell out of this kid, and that'll throw them off their game. And it didn't really work. No. And if you're if you're Coachella Valley, I mean, Coachella Valley, second best team in the regular season, and, you know, they, they, they and the Wranglers were neck and neck. I think they were separated by three points for the first overall and that very important first round bye. But if you're, the, if you're Coachella Valley and you're looking at the results for the first round, if you're doing video – I think that the, the the probably the what you tried to do is what Abbotsford tried to do, and it didn't quite work. So it's it's gonna be fascinating, fascinating, fascinating the next two weeks because this you know these are the two best teams in the American Hockey League based on the regular season, and they're gonna like this. This has all the makings of a five game, multiple games with overtime you know, trench battle because there's really not a lot separating these two teams. Right. I was going to ask you, uh, the, what is the the setup for second round of the American Hockey League? Best of five, Best of five. and top seed gets to pick again? Yep. And the Wranglers decide they want to do they last time and, you know, mm-hmm. see if they can start off with two wins and then see if you can eke one more out on the road. And, you know, I mean – I get it. It makes sense. I mean, I know, I know, folks. Everyone on social media, as soon as the schedule came out, went, "Wait, they, they only get two home games? Yeah, but they get they get their choice. Like they they yeah. get two guaranteed home games. The you know Coachella Valley might only host one game. Yep. And so if you're the Wranglers, you're probably thinking, ah, let's go, let's go with the guaranteed home dates. Coachella is also Seattle's farm club. <laughs> What are they missing in terms of black aces up with Seattle? Are they missing anything that we're, you know? They're missing, I think, one or two players. They had a gentleman who got called up, and his name escapes me because I don't watch a lot of Seattle. Yeah, me, yeah. The Seattle, uh, Seattle Kraken. Right now they're missing uh, Ty, Car- Ty Cartai. Uh, he's yeah. really the most significant guy who's been called up. He got called up to basically cover for injuries, but you know because Coachella Valley is still active, the the Kraken are carrying a lot of extra bodies. They're carrying, I think, like two or three extra players, not too many. I think they have, they might have an extra goaltender, uh, but you know they, yeah, I think I think uh, Chris Drieger's up as their third goalie. Okay, 
And so right now, the the goalies that they have, they're basically platooning uh, Joey Decord and Chris Gibson. And, well, uh, and Decord's got NHL experience. Yeah, Decord. Decord's right. good. I mean, yeah. you know, he's uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the uh, the first Arizona State uh, Sun Devil to ever be signed to an NHL contract, uh, yep. and he's he's good. He's you know he's. I think the the difference between Joey Decord and players who stick around the NHL more consistently is just you know he's in an organization that has some depth, and you know you you sign you know you have Drieger ahead of you. You sign Martin Jones to be. The, the backup when Drieger got hurt. So that sort of pushes you down the depth chart a bit. But I mean, if, if Joey Decord's your fourth best goalie in your pecking order, you're, you're probably pretty happy with your depth. I agree. Um, split the season series too. Did they not four and four? Four and four. I believe the, uh, the Wranglers outshot them or outscored them. I think something like 29, 26. Like it was, you know, one <laughs> okay. or two games. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. the, 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 the difference between these two teams was not very much. And, you know, they, they, it, they, that season series went down to the very last week of the season. The uh, the Wranglers and them were basically tied for the last two months in terms of the standings. And the Wranglers pulled away in that last week when uh, I think they, they played in Palm Springs and, and beat Coachella Valley. And that essentially just put them ahead for the division lead. And they stayed ahead the rest of the way. They ended up clinching in the la- last weekend of the season. But, you know, these are two teams that know each other very well. The, the Wranglers played Coachella Valley, you know, first two games of Coachella Valley's existence. Yep. And the Wranglers were out of sorts. They were figuring stuff out. They had a lot of guys who came down mm-hmm. from the, the Flames camp, a little bit disappointed with how their performances were. And, you know, the Wranglers, to be blunt, weren't great in right. the first little bit. And, you know, they, they got their act together. And I think, you know, if you're the Wranglers, you're probably p- feeling pretty happy with yourselves because – they, they withstood a really good challenge from Abbotsford. But also, I think, you know, if you wipe out that first two weeks of the season for the Wranglers and just look at what they feel is sort of a representative sample or representative example of how they play this year, you know, they've, they've managed to go toe-to-toe with most of the best teams in the league, at least most of the best teams in their conference, mm-hmm. and come out ahead. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's, uh, you know, they've, they've had a few very dramatic games. The first two games went to overtime uh, in Calgary. And you know, there's nothing nothing quite as good as a as a, a nice playoff overtime on a Friday or a Thursday night. Yeah, and that was the other thing I was going to say. Uh, just because of the nature of the business, the Roughneck, Shania Twain, back to back one and two. So it's going to happen real quick, folks. If you're going, grab your tickets now. Yeah, there. Uh, I think the the ticket prices went up a little bit from like forty bucks to fifty bucks for adults. Uh, I think the 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 kids prices are up a little bit as well. But I mean, it's the, it's the third round of the AHL playoffs, yeah. and well, that's you know, in- for, everything for, increments. Yeah, and you know it's it's very Still good expensive value. for a night yes. out. And you know it's it's good hockey. I mean, mm-hmm. you get to see some very good Flames prospects, and you know there's if we're being quite honest here you're going to see some guys that'll probably be wearing the flame sweater uh, come October. So might as well get in early, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you uh, Let's talk a little bit about the big club uh, before the big finale here. Uh, thoughts on the GM search? I know that Elliot Friedman brought up Stan Bowman's name. Boomer and I were kicking it around. I, I certainly would open the floor for you. Um, okay. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm not a big Stan Bowman guy now. I, you know, I think the challenge is, you know, a lot of the stuff they did in Chicago was the product of being bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you're quite bad and you get a Patrick Kane, you get a, a Jonathan Tate. So, I mean, 
all due credit to the, the scouting teams and their draft and development team. They did a decent job drafting when they had high, high, high picks. And then, you know, they had they had a good core and build around it. But, I mean, you know, I don't think it's uh, unfair to say that those championships they've won are at the very least tainted uh, based on the everything else that we learned about Kyle uh, Beach. The, yep. the organization. I mean, yep. you know, that the Kyle Beach stuff, when you – even if you read the most sanitized version of it, it's – I, I think the challenge is this, and this is this isn't necessarily specific to Stan Bowman, but this is sort of how I see things more broadly. A lot of these jobs, especially GM and head coach, you're basically betting on someone's judgment. You're mm-hmm. betting on their ability to set the tone mm-hmm. in terms of decision making, in terms of role modeling behaviors, in terms. It's just, I'd say the same thing as, as if you have someone with the, uh, with the captaincy. You know, these are the people who are the flag bearers for your organization at various levels to the public internally and so on. And, you know, you, you want to be able to really bet on the judgment of the people you have in place. Right. And, you know, for the most part, I think the Flames have had very good luck. Some of it's always luck because you don't know everything sure. about everybody. But, you know, with the possible exception of, you know, obviously Bill Peters, uh, I think they've they've done a good job putting the good people and the right people in those positions, but it's tough. And I think there's so much unknown these days about you know how people react in different situations that when you do know how someone reacts in a certain situation and they react in the wrong way or a way that you wish, ooh, if I if they had a do over, they they should have done that completely differently. I think it makes it difficult to really you know really root for them to get another opportunity in that kind of a situation. I'm okay if you screw up in a hockey decision. I'm okay if you screw up with a trade. I, I've said this often. Uh, as you know, I spent a lot of time around, uh, you know, young hockey players and young athletes, and I think failure is we, we have got to promote failure. Failure is how you learn. I am the product of failure. I have failed way more than I've ever succeeded, and I've learned from all of it. I'm okay with that. This isn't that. What was done to this young man, the way his life was just cast aside just to win, and and to me almost, and now I'm getting on my soapbox, and that's not what you were doing, Ryan. I get you, but um, the way that I just the, the way they handled that, the whole thing, right up until having to be dragged out by their ear to say they're sorry. I'm sorry. That's not a. I'm all for second chances, and I'm all for people making mistakes. That's not what this is. Um, but not me. I'm not making the decisions. Um, but I will be screaming from the mountaintops if if this guy gets the job for these reasons. Yeah, and and I'll say like I get the, I get the idea of casting a wide net. I mean, yep. you want to like you know you you yep. and Boomer were talking about yep. the idea of like why do they just give it to Craig Conroy? Yeah, I still think that Craig Conroy might be the best bet for the job. But I also think you know for just for to. You know, yeah. you don't want the optics to be, oh, we just gave it to Craig. Right. You want the optics to be, well, we talked to 20 bonafide hockey men and women who are the best and the brightest. And after we talked to all of them, here's why we think Craig's the best. Exactly. And I think, yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's that's the easiest way to set him up for success. Right. And and even, even if it's not Craig, whoever you end up hiring, it'll I'm leaning Craig at this point, unless I hear, hear something otherwise. But you talk to as many people. You get ideas about what are we doing well, what would you do, those kind of things. I mean, no one. It's like that. It's like that job interview in the office uh, when, after they re- where they're replacing uh, Steve Grell's character. You're never going to come going into a job interview and say, "Here's our plan," because it's a copycat league. I'm not going to say they're not going to steal your plan. Those <clears throat> borrow elements of it because that's how the li- that's how life works. Mm-hmm. So, but you go in and you get perspectives on what you're doing. Like you know, a lot of these discussions with people like AGMs 
directors of hockey ops, scouts, whatever, even agents. I mean, when, when Don Maloney says he talked a long time to agents, yep. you talk to agents about what what do you think the Flames are doing well? What do you think they're not doing well? Yep. What kind of coach do you think they need? What kind of manager do you think they need? A lot of these different things. And because, you know, there's a lot of things I think the Flames have done very well. Case in point, drafting and development these days. If you look at, you don't accidentally have a farm team that made it to the conference finals last year and won the league, you know, in the regular season this year. That doesn't happen on accident. That means you're doing some things very well. Yep. So when you're when you're going out and you're making these kind of organizational changes, you want to make sure that you know you talk to folks outside the bubble and say, what's working? What should we not mess with? And then you know you when you that way when you do these interviews with these people, you can say, hey, we think we're doing X well. How are you going to fix the other parts? Yep. And that sort of frames the discussion. So I think you know the, I think that's what a lot of these broader discussions are going. You know, and I imagine. With someone with the experience of Stan Bowman, you'd be curious what he thinks. I don't know if being curious what he thinks equates to him being a contender, serious or otherwise for the position. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's plenty of people that you might not have any intention of hiring that you talk to just for perspective. Just, you know, you buy them, you buy them dinner. You say, hey, what do you think we're doing? You fill your notebook. You go, cool. See you later. And then you maybe never talk to them again. Dude, I've had no shortage of people that came up and listened to us last week. And said, I like what Ryan said about Carla McLeod. Why wouldn't you take someone? And I'm still, you know, again, we don't know who the GM is. And I, I still have no problem saying that I would talk to Carla McLeod for, as a coach. Because of what she's done. It's been all done in the open. But you're the one that said, have her around. Have her, yeah. have, because of what she's done. And I've had more I'll, people I'll say this, come I'll, say, I'll say this. Yeah. Do, do you know what I really thought was a smart move? And granted, I mean, other teams have done this too. Mm-hmm. Getting Rebecca Johnson in with the Flames is such a smart idea. And it's kind mm-hmm. of it kind of makes you wonder why they didn't do it earlier. But getting someone with several Olympic medals mm-hmm. in to talk to your up and coming pr- prospects, like she yep. immediately has credibility to these guys because a lot of these young guys they follow all kinds of hockey, women's hockey, men's hockey, any kind of hockey, and her name perks their ears up. Absolutely, oh. it does. And I don't think she's the only one in that conversation for you know people that you know just draw your attention based on their credentials. So I think if you can find as many people as many smart people as possible to build out your group regardless of what you have them doing just having them in the room have them at the table. I mean, you know, I think that's that's really important to do because you know if if you want to get better the the easiest way to get better is to talk to people you're not usually talking to and say what are we doing wrong? What are we doing well? And then you just try not to screw up the things you're doing well when you're fixing other things. Right. No, I I agree. Um uh, one more Flames thing, and I want to ask you a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, do you – you're the managing editor, so you're the one that works with the content that comes in and you have to make the decisions and everything. Ryan, do you really – now I've almost muddied the water. <laughs> with Daryl gone, do you think there was really a, a, a second thought by players last week that said, oh, okay, he's gone, so I'll stay? Do you think that that is that a real is that a could have happened, might have happened, or did happen? My guess is it happened. Okay. Okay. My guess is it happened. Okay. I mean, if the idea is, you know, if the idea is that you know you're facing, if you sign a new contract, even if you come back, you're facing another eighty-two games of screaming matches right. over this that, the other thing. Right. You know, maybe, you know, no, I don't like getting yelled at in my life. So I'd probably, if you gave me the op- opportunity to get the same money and not get yelled at, I'd, I'd choose no yelling. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, but I, I, based on, based on the, the people that we're hearing the, the change of heart stuff from, mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. 
Okay. Okay. Um, to the playoffs we go. I haven't talked about any of this today. Uh, so we can talk about all four series. But the sexy series to talk about is the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. And I'm not sure if it's sexy because of the good or sexy because of the potential bad. Um, but What are you talking about? The Leafs are going to win four in a row. <sighs> uh, yeah, they could. They're um, either going to win four in a row or they're not going to win any more games. I think that that's well, and that. And honestly, I don't think they win. I don't think they win tomorrow. I think I, I think they're done. Um, and I, you know, teams have come back as recently as I believe LA came back down three games to none, and that's happened. But this doesn't look like that. Uh, they had to go to Wall yesterday because of, I believe of an injury. Uh, Sam Sonoff did not come back. Um, you know, their superstars are nowhere to be seen. And right now, it just seems like everybody on Florida is becoming a superstar. Um, I, I'm just curious. Like, I didn't see this. I, I could see Florida. Listen, when they beat Boston, could they beat Toronto? Sure. But I thought it was going to be the same formula. But to be up three games to none and really, in many ways, kind of running the show, uh, that's a bit of a shocker to me. Yeah, if, the thing that really impresses me the most about Florida is that they're they're basically embracing counterpunch hockey. Like, they're they're – waiting if you could tell they've done a lot of video work on systems and and you know breakouts and those kind of things but they they seem very content and very confident just to play their game and Mm -hmm. wait for the gaps to appear and then strike and you know they if they had worse luck it's a completely different series if the leaves had any luck it's a completely different series but i mean you you play the games you got to play and so far the leaves have just in the those close tight moments they've found ways to lose and yeah. the Panthers they've they've you know dating back to that game against Boston like the last couple of games against Boston especially that game seven they just found the found the areas of the ice they need to find exactly what they need to find it mm-hmm. and the Panthers might have had you know in the last five games like 12 excellent scoring chances but they've managed to score in almost yeah. all of them yeah and when you can do that and when your team is feeling that confident that when certain players have the stick on their on their uh you know, have their stick, yeah. stick yeah. or they're anywhere near the blue paint that think that chaos is going to rain. I mean, that's the thing. I, I th- I'll say this, you know, this is, we've, we've seen Matthew Kachuk sort of fade into the background at times in past playoff series. Yes. He was excellent, excellent, excellent in that bubble series against Dallas. And then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I think he's, you know, historically he's been a very ordinary playoff player, despite the fact that you expect his playing style to really lend itself to the playoffs. Like it does now. He's been so good. Sam Bennett has been playoff Sam Bennett when he's been in the lineup and he's been healthy. Like they've, they've managed to have everything that special sauce going at the same time. And, you know, who knows how long this lasts for Florida, but you got to give them credit for, you know, they, they don't seem like they care why it's working. They just go, okay, good. This Matt Kachuk, the way Matt Kachuk is playing now, I think could have been a difference maker in that second round series against Edmonton last year. I'm not talking about dry settle this year, dry settle this year is something completely <laughs> different. Uh, but this Matthew Kachuk this year, if he was playing that way last year, I think could have been a difference maker in that series. At least could oh, have yeah. pushed it. At this, least could this, have pushed it. This, the way that I think Kachuk's playing, he could be a difference maker in most series. That's yeah. But you know, the case. point I'm trying to make, like, the, like that was, you came away from that second round series going like they had no pushback. Where was the pushback? Yeah. This is where Matthew Kachuk is supposed when, to have pushback. When dating back to dating back to like his time in junior, the the thing with Matthew Kachuk is when Matthew Kachuk is on his game, he has the ability more so than I think a lot of players in the entire league 
to dictate where and how and the style of game a yeah. game is going to be played. Yeah. And not a lot of guys can do that. I mean, we've seen him, like, think about the, uh, I vividly recall, like, two or three different games between the Flames and the Oilers. There was one game, it wasn't the, the goalie fight game, but it was a game mm-hmm. the season before, I believe. Was that Cassian? He, he, yeah, he got Zach Cassian to take a triple minor. A triple minor, and the Flames ended up winning that game because of all the momentum they got off that power play. Yep. How do you get a guy, a veteran player, who's usually that composed, like Zach Cassie, to take a triple minor? Right. That's insane. I know. But he has the ability to make normally smart, normally composed, structured veteran players just lose their damn minds. Yeah. And not a lot of guys do that. I mean, I'd put Evander Kane in that category too. Evander Kane's the kind of guy that can just, you just want to swaddle him sometimes. And a lot of guys try to do it during his, games. Early and, in his career, his own teammates tried to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's there's a certain number of guys that have that ability yeah. to just live turn under up your skin. The temperature. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think, you know, as, 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 as much as I know folks in this area code are sort of shaking their heads and wishing it could be, you could be doing it in a different way you know, shade of red sweater. Yeah. It's, it's as, as a fan of the player and the person, it's hard not to really, you know, get engaged in what he's doing because this is, this is what that we were told that Matthew Kachuk could be like when he grew up. And I'll say this, he knows exactly what he's doing. That's oh, no, no, no. Like yeah, no, no. Brilliant. He knows exactly what he's brilliant doing. point by you. He, he absolutely does. And he knows who he's doing it to. Yeah. Right. It's one thing to he knows what he's doing, but he knows who he's doing it to. Um, it, it, with that said, with Dallas looking as average as they did yesterday, it is really beginning to look like the the highway is opening up for Edmonton here. That, you know, I'm not – everybody's got a good – whoever's on the right side of a series right now is a great story, and, and we just talked about how great Florida is. But Dreisaitl's the best player on the planet playing with the best player on the planet. Like that, that's and, the crazy part. And at home, and, 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 and it just seems I, like I it's lining to, up. I need to see, I need to see another couple of games of that because like how many, you know, we've seen, even in the LA series, we saw Edmonton look absolutely lights out and we look like that's, they had games where they look like someone turned their controller off. Yeah, but they, and, but, 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 but now they've learned how to come back. Yeah. And I go back to that game where they were down three, nothing after the first period and, and they flipped the switch and they figured it out. And that's when I said, they're dangerous now because now and, they believe. And, and they got two games at home. And yeah. the Oilers at Rogers Place are very dangerous. And I mean, you know, we, the, the, you know, of course, the locals here have won once in however many years in Vegas. And to the point where every time I do a recap, I just pre write uh, some version <laughs> of the house always wins pun because they always do yeah and vegas has had that advantage this year it's been a little bit diminished but you know they they look very ordinary yeah in game two yeah. and now it's like you know we we always talk about you know the the pressure being on the edmonton Oilers based on who they have in their team because you know if if they lose the the big big outcry from throughout the hockey world is Holy crap, you have 100-point seasons from three different guys, McDavid, Dryside, Landridge, and Hopkins, and you still couldn't do anything in the playoffs? And that's always going to be the big knock on them until they do something in the playoffs. Vegas doesn't have that. Vegas is just, they're a good team, but they've never really had the built-in you know, pressure of having the two best players in the world in their team. And mm-hmm. they do, and mm-hmm. it's worked. But in, you know, I think right now, uh, you know, will the, will the pressure go on to Vegas as a team that looked tremendously ordinary in game two and can they respond and, and have a, a bounce back for game three and four? Because, you know, if, 
<laughs> I'll say this. In, unless, if, the, if this is a 2-2 series, I, I like Edmonton's chances. If it's, you know, I think I think Vegas needs to find a way to make life difficult for Edmonton because I think Edmonton feels 10 feet tall right now, not just and when, you know, when 29's on the ice, but they have a lot of good things going for them and a lot of guys starting to, to round into form. They really do. Uh, happy Connor Bedard Day to you. Um, we know that there's lots going on and will continue to be going on at Flames Nation this week, especially with the Wranglers playing. Um, so having said all of that, uh, busy times. Uh, you'll be down at the rink, I'm sure, this week. Um, and then the yeah. Roughnecks play. I mean, it's there's a lot, you know, for a team. And that, Stars on Ice, which I don't know what it is. Stars on Ice. And Stars on Ice. Not quite interpretive dance, but Stars on Ice. Ryan, appreciate this, sir. Thank you. Yeah, have a good week. There you go. Ryan Pike, everybody, from Flames Nation. Uh, he joins us, of course, courtesy of the Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com, 76 years in Calgary. Right now, get great deals on warm clothes. I know it's warm outside, but you're going to need warm clothes. Plus, maybe you're looking for skis. Maybe you're looking for snowboards. Eh, now wouldn't be a bad time to go check them out. Three locations in Calgary, McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue Southwest, and Bow Ridge Road, Northwest. Coming up on Wednesday, Adam Seaborn from um, Playmaker Capital and the Nation Network is going to join us. Some sports business stuff to catch up on. Friday, uh, I understand that our guest on Friday is going to have a rather spectacular column appear in Post Media about the CFL, and then he's going to join us to talk about it. Danny Austin will join us in studio. Uh, in the coming weeks, Craig Button, uh, Mike Rogers, so we've got some really cool guests coming. Um, going to try and get some other uh, people rounded up here to talk some hockey and some other things. Uh, lots of things going on in our city. We want to stay on top of it, uh, but really do appreciate uh, everybody uh, joining us today for our final mile. Um, as you're aware, there are some things uh, happening up north when it comes to forest fires. That's a former life of mine, uh, paying very close attention to Entwistle and to some of the northern communities that are already seeing uh, big-time spring fires. Uh, for those who are in the business, uh, it scares the hell out of me when I hear 8081 all over again because um, those were in, uh, just incredible years for forest fires in the wrong way, uh, devastating years. Um, we're starting to hear some of that with the droughts, and we're starting to hear drought codes and, and some of the the fact uh, it's just so dry out there and things are spreading. So uh, do th send our thoughts and prayers. I do have a, a client that I work with, Parachutes for Pets. Um, they are, if you are uh, so orientated and want to help, uh, there are over, I believe, a thousand somewhere in that neighborhood of um, pets that have been displaced with their families that are in Edmonton and other centers. So uh, parachutes were sending up food, uh, pet food, pet supplies. If you can and you could, please donate. Please support it. Uh, this is where Albertans helping Albertans comes in, uh, but Parachutes for Pets is taking care of that uh, part of the safety net in which families and their pets uh, reside. So you, as you displace people, you displace pets. So I just thought I'd throw that out. Check them out. Uh, Google them, Parachutes for Pets on social. You just saw the note there. If you can help them, uh, that would be terrific. <sighs> we're going we're gonna to call it a day. Uh, it has been a day. Uh, looking forward to another one on Wednesday. Glad you're with us. As I said uh, with Boomer, celebrating 20 years in Calgary. Uh, the only thing that I'm just blessed with is that I live in this city, which uh, used to be a campaign um, on one of the radio stations, 66 CFR, Canada's greatest city. And I truly believe that. I believe in uh, Made in Calgary Solutions. 
I, I work for a number of groups that uh, are made in Calgary solutions, and I will continue to promote made in Calgary solutions. And despite that this little network uh, started in Edmonton, that's okay. We all had to start somewhere. I truly believe uh, Flames Nation and the Nation Network is really taken off in Calgary, and we're going to be the driver. So lots of good things in our city, and I'm proud to be a Calgarian. This is home. We'll always be home. Thank you for embracing me. Thank you for allowing me and my family to come here and, and do that 20 years ago, and uh, it has been the greatest, greatest honor. See you on Wednesday, everybody.